You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Today we are welcoming Ani Cordero. In this Viva la Mami Spotlight, you will hear how Ani navigated mommyhood while being a musician at the same time, and how she leaned into her village of family, friends, and her husband, who is also in the creative arts. Ani Cordero is the creator of Mamas in the Band, a blog that provides life advice for musicians juggling mama life. On top of that, Ani is a Puerto Rican songwriter, drummer, and mama living in New York. She writes songs of resistance that pair defiance and jubilance and has toured internationally with bands like Pistolera, Os Mutantes, as well as with her own band. Her music has received accolades from NPR's All Things Considered, Alt Latino, Billboard, USA Today, PRI, The World, The New York Times, The New Yorker, Remezcla, and more. It was an honor and privilege to interview Ani. She provides so much wisdom as someone who did not leave her passion and calling as a musician. Whether if you are a new mommy in the fine arts or if you have a different profession, so much of what she shares can resonate to you and can be so applicable to understanding the nuances of a working mommy. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Now here's my conversation with Ani Cordero. Hola, Ani. ¿Cómo estás? Hola, Jessica. Bien, gracias. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being here. I I am just very excited for you to be here just because you have a very unique story and profession. And I just love that we had connected through Janice Torres's Blogger Bootcamp, which is great. Mm -hmm. Since then, definitely connected about our aspirations to be bloggers and to do other projects involving with what we want to do as content creators and, and bloggers. So I am just very excited for you to be here. I think that your story has a lot of meaning and just an opportunity for people to hear about your journey as a mommy so thank you so much for being here thank you for having me of course yeah so the first question that I ask is can you tell us a little bit more about yourself that way people can get to know you sure my name is Annie Cordero I'm a musician Puerto Rican and I live in Brooklyn New York with my husband our 16 year old son and our dog named Roxy who's a corgi and so I grew up in primarily in Atlanta Georgia so I'm a Georgia Rican there <laughs> never and, heard of that <laughs> yeah so but I spent so I'm one of four kids and the oldest girl and we spent all of our summers in San Juan with my grandparents growing up and Christmases. So I spent a lot of time on the island too with my family because my parents were the ones at Puerto Rico. So mm -hmm. all my uncles and cousins and things were primarily in, in San Juan. And so I had a very bicultural upbringing. Mm. So, but now I've been in New York for a long time and I'm raising my kid here. And he has been along for the ride as I continue to pursue my music career. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We'll definitely talk about you becoming a mommy and a musician and raising a child. But before you became a mommy, what kind of led you to music? What kind of inspired mm -hmm. you to that? Was it your family or was it just kind of like an immersion of some sort through schooling? So can you kind of walk us through that? Sure. I always wanted to be a drummer. So mm -hmm. drums is my first instrument. It took a while through the school system to get 
allowed to do drums basically like I wanted I joined the band they're like no you can't be a drummer I'm like I'm gonna be a drummer no here's a saxophone okay I didn't like the saxophone now I like the saxophone but I don't play and then I joined that was in like sixth grade and then in when I got to high school I was like okay I'm gonna join the marching band they put me on xylophone I was like oh man I don't I want to play drums yeah. and then this older student well older to to me she was like you know a sophomore taught taught me to play snare she was ahead of her time she was a first chair flute who decided she wanted to play drums and she was the a woman in a time that there was not that many women drummers also I mean we were teenagers but she taught me to play by ear is the point because I didn't know how to read music and so she taught me all of the the snare lines and I memorized them by ear mm-hmm. and then pretended to read <laughs> for the audition and got to play a snare in in the marching band in Atlanta which was really fun and was my entry point and then I saved up my babysitting money and bought a drum set after that and then I was in bands from from then on Okay, that's awesome. That's great. And it seems like you like self advocated for yourself. And I'm wondering why like they didn't let you be in those kind of like, positions or instruments that you wanted to play? Is it because you were a female? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was different times, right? Like when I was, we're talking about late 80s, early 90s, when I was uh, growing up. And wanting to be a drummer so there were no examples mm-hmm. of very few there was like Sheila E and like, like mm-hmm. a few a handful of of women playing drums but it just was not it was like literally shocking for people to see me play the drums when I was younger now it's much more common but when I used to go to the drum shop I would be the only woman or, you know, like people would walk in to a show if I was playing with a band and see a woman on drums and their jaws would literally drop. Like, Interesting. like one time my uncle took me to Plaza Carolina or no, Plaza Las Americas in, in San Juan mm-hmm. when I was like 16 or so. And I went, he took me to a music store and I sat down and started playing the drums and I look up And there's like a crowd of people just watching me because it's a spectacle, you know? And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, (laughs) right. But I just always wanted to play the drums. I don't know where exactly that came from, but everyone in my family plays an instrument. Okay. So there is that, like my parents play, played in their university music group. It's, it's called a tuna. I don't know if you, you know what that is. If you, it's a, it's like a tradition that came from Spain and went all over Latin America. So sometimes you might see people with black capes and a lot of ribbons. Okay. And at each, like I've seen it in Mexico, there's a long tradition in Puerto Rico. I think it's each country has their, their, take on it but it's it's like a student music group and you would collect funds to pay for your university schooling yeah yeah I think what in Mexico we call it um estudiantina okay yes similar yeah yeah Yeah. okay yeah yeah Yeah. oh that's awesome that's great so you come from a bloodline of musicians yeah yeah so my mom plays guitar my dad plays mandolin my brother plays everything except the drums. <laughs> so, <laughs> and my sister, my middle sister, sings really beautifully and also plays piano. And then my baby sister plays flute. Wow. Wow. Y'all have a group right there. <laughs> yeah. Puerto Rican partridge family. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. That is great. And I just think that that's powerful. The fact that you were so persistent in making sure that you keep with your passion, right? Like playing the drums and especially with those times, like, you know, there wasn't a lot of women drummers and you, you kept with it and you were like, nope, I'm going to stick to this and, and you did it. So that's great. And that is kind of like empowering, I think, especially for 
younger musicians especially if they grew up with thinking that they need to play like these passive feminine type instruments you know like i think it's just very powerful that you're setting that example you know yeah. for them yeah well i think that we broke the barrier already so yeah. like, like i'm teaching not teaching but i'm a guest musician at nyu this this coming week and i've done it before and it's amazing because like an engineering class led by a woman instructor and it's all of these young people but like many of the classes are more than 50 percent women and they just fully take it for granted they don't have any hang-ups they don't have any expectation that somebody would try to block their way or say no to them you know mm -hmm. and so it's really I'm a little bit jealous <laughs> <laughs> but it's really awesome because yeah. those cultural expectations can be an obstacle and you have to like mm -hmm. figure out how to get around them yes yes, yes. so in I a totally way that's agree. that's sort of that experience with being a drummer sort of slightly ahead of the curve is similar to my feeling about how it is to be a musician mom I feel like there's now a new wave of women who are musicians who are getting to the age of being parents too and mm -hmm. there's more and more examples but it's still kind of unexpected and there's still a lot of little barriers to mm -hmm. in terms of like expectations of things right. so that's why I decided that I would put that as my blog topic because I wish that I had more examples of women who were figuring out how to be musicians and tour and still have a family. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess we can definitely talk about, you know, related to your blog, you you share a lot of great tips, you know, for for families or for new moms or parents to be about, you know, what it's like to to be a mom on tour, right? A parent, you know, during Hira. Mm -hmm. uh, and so can you kind of tell us, just like coming from you, right? Can you tell us what the premise of your blog is? Can you kind of tell us what inspired you to create this blog? And can you also share like, sort of like topics that you have talked about in your blog so far? Sure, yeah. So when I decided to have a baby, <laughs> It was a little bit like, oh, no, what do I do now? Okay, yeah. what? And I didn't have that many examples. So the the blog is called Mamas in the Band. And when I hear that title, I think of it from the perspective of my son saying it, like in a, in a club or in a bar, like, what are you doing here, kid? And the answer is Mamas in the Band. Huh. And so that's why I, I called it that. And... It's meant to be just a, a way to share back to the people who are, are coming up some of the experiences that I had and some of the learnings that I had just to hopefully make it a little easier, less scary mm -hmm. <laughs> to enter motherhood, if, as you say, yeah. as a musician mama. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's great. I think that they're is so much like wealth of kind of like information about that and and i know that you are just starting with your blog but mm -hmm. i can see a lot of potential and growth with it just because there is a need like you are so right like i don't think i've ever heard of that and 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 i think you know i i don't i am not a musician i mean i'm an ex-musician i would say i used to play instruments but i never kept up but you know, when it comes to this new kind of identity that you have now as a mother, lots of things change. Like you end up redefining yourself, you end up losing who you were. And sometimes when there aren't resources or information, we tend to isolate ourselves and then kind of forget what we did in the past. And now it's like this new, you know, like this, this new person, this new identity, which is all great. But also I, I think in my opinion, if you have a passion, if you want to continue on the work that you used to do, then there are ways to kind of do both. And I think especially within the fine arts or, you know, within the music community, 
I mean, that is that is a really difficult job. I mean, I anywhere from like rehearsing to recording to like traveling and touring. I mean, it's it's a lot. And so how have you managed your time keeping a balance between music and family? Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. It's a constant dance, but the way that I like to talk about it is that Oh, there's so many working mothers in the world and we're just another subset of working mothers so women have been figuring it out for a really long time and so uh, I think 80% of it is logistics you know so babysitting who's going to put the kid to bed who can do the pickup who can do the drop off all that kind of stuff and those are questions and problems with solutions you just have to be really um, insistent (laughs) about it so yeah yeah but as far as like stepping back and going back to what you were talking about losing yourself or those kinds of things that is something that's I'm really clear that I'm going to always be a musician that's Mm. for me I can't be I won't be as good a mom if I abandon myself Hmm. so I'm also setting the example for my kid of what life is about so I see myself as his teacher and guide and one of the things that we do and the things that we prioritize are how we actually teach more than the things that we say So, yes, he's a priority for me, but I'm also a priority for myself. And for me to be in a healthy space, I need to also take care of myself. So that means that Sundays, for example, is music. I'm going to go to the studio later. Like that's like some people go to church. I I go to the studio. And when your kid grows up with that just being matter of fact, it's not a surprise at all. It's not shocking or jarring they just roll with it because it's normal Mm -hmm. yeah it's like kind of like allowing you to have your time Mm -hmm. right like it's your time your sacred time yeah yeah and when I'm with my family especially when I'm with my kid I'm always trying to be very present so Mm -hmm. that it really counts Mm -hmm. and so it's not for me it's not about the amount of time spent it's the quality of the time spent yes so I'm always trying to be like, make sure that, you know, I love you and like you're loved and cherished and important and powerful creature person. You know, it's a trip having kids. Like we grew these people. What? <laughs> <laughs> My son's taller than me now. He's like, hi, mama. <laughs> yeah, he needs you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's great. These are great words of wisdom, I would say, you know, and as a reminder, and, and there is just so much shame and guilt. So like, I didn't, I didn't prepare this question for you. But now I guess, you know, as you're, we're having this conversation, like, considering that you are a musician, and growing up like in a Latino kind of cultural like Mm -hmm. household or with family who are in this identity did you ever receive like shame or just like questions or kind of like side comments or unsolicited advice you know like about prioritizing yourself you know or your music Mm -hmm. before your child have you ever gotten that my parents are very supportive of my journey and my mom was my first like supporter as far as like I want to have a baby but I can't because I'm a musician it's like no Nina look we're gonna do this you do this you do this you just be fine and so for my parents it's been great you know like they they don't give me any hassle but you know as a larger community and society sure but you know, it's not new for me, like nothing. I have frequently been not following the expectations with my life, you know, like, 
I'm a vegetarian, for example. Me too. You know, I've, been, <laughs> I'm, I've been offending family members. No, no, no tiene, no tiene carne, no solo un poco de pollo. Uh. <laughs> not eating that oh, I'm sorry. De pollo, right? <laughs> no 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 well you know I just not gonna eat it and then right. you're gonna be offended okay well I'm so sorry that you're offended but I'm still not gonna eat it right. so part of it is that because I'm I consider myself fully bicultural and the rules are so dramatically different moving from one culture to another mm-hmm. like my rules for when I was in Atlanta growing up versus when I was in San Juan, completely different down to like what you could wear outside mm-hmm. the house or, you know, like people are just more proper there and women are, I always felt like we were like 20 years behind. Like I have aunts who worked, but they were expected to stop working when it was time to raise the kids you know like okay cool that you do that thing right now but like mm-hmm. come on let's let's be serious here you're gonna stay home with the kids right mm-hmm. and now watching my new generation of younger cousins I don't see them having that same level of pressure mm-hmm. so it is changing it just yeah. it's just like a little bit offset culturally of like as far as like the feminist wave, it's like a little offset. Yes, yes, yes. Because we definitely still have the older generations with us. And so mm-hmm. that's still kind of lingering there with the old beliefs, the old, mm-hmm. you know, customs and culture and, and yeah, but there's this other wave coming in that's a lot different. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that even though there's this battle, I think it ultimately falls with what your decision is and what your specific like family dynamic is and how Mm -hmm. you and your partner have worked it out. And so speaking of like your, your partner, your husband, Mm -hmm. how has he supported you while, you know, recording music, going on the road and things like that? Like, do you think that musicians need a support system? whether if they are in a relationship or single, what are your thoughts on that? Well, definitely, yes. We all need, everyone needs a support system. (laughs) (laughs) Support system for everyone. But talking first about my husband, he's an artist. He's a documentary photographer and a fantastic drummer. And he was my drummer for many years. And we toured together with Nico when he was a baby. But he's also like a fabulous human and super smart and very feminist and the thing our approach to life is that you know we make it up it's up to us to make the life that we want to make and prioritize the things that are important to us in particular which happens to be making art and making time for art so we take turns his work is primarily takes him to his family's hometown in Illinois where he's been documenting for like over 30 years and so he he we both travel and we take turns and it's it's like this about it's not like we're keeping score it's just sort of this natural balance of like okay well you got a grant so go see you next month and I'll hold down the fort and oh, you have your album coming out. Okay, don't worry. I, I'm going to hold it down and you just can be at the studio every waking moment. So that's how we, we handle it. Okay, yeah. That's good that you tag team. and We do tag team. Yeah. 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 And I think that like picking your partner is, wow, so important. That yeah. It makes a huge difference in everything, everything. Yeah. We also don't have family here in New York. But we created a family of friends. So we have Nico has many honorary aunts and uncles, and <laughs> they are our larger support network. You know, so we could rehearse or we could, you know, go on tour if I needed to leave him for a weekend or things like that. Yeah. So it is really important to to have a, a network. It can, it, for some people, it's their family, but for me and, and my husband, it's our, it's our created family. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's great. That is awesome. 
Yeah. And I think with that, it kind of gives you this level of content, you know, like that, you know, that your child is with trusted individuals that you can, you know, evenly split or, and sometimes we can't, right? Like, it's like how I see it now, right now, like I'm obviously focused on like my podcast and kind of like my specific platform. And sometimes I feel like I'm losing, you know, like that equal balance between the work that my husband does and myself. And I, I mean, like housework, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that eventually it will pay off, like, or in the future, once he is in, in a specific part of his life where he needs to be out or whatever, I know that that's when I'm gonna do that kind of level of contribution. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's great that your husband and yourself, like you have managed to, to lean in for each other for support and then definitely reaching out to, to your village because that is very important. Yeah. 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 When I used to put Nico to bed when he was little, I used to go down the list of all the people that loved him. Mm. And it it's such a nice way to like reaffirm that, you know, we're the adults, the primary adults in his life, but he also has this extended family of friends yeah. who also love him and that he can trust. Yeah. So. That's so good. Oh, that's great. I think it's very important to, to keep that in mind. And so what do you wish you knew now that you have managed to make music, record music, you know, rehearse and tour while being a mommy? What is something you wish you knew now? I wish that I had, well, I don't know if this is exactly answering the question, but I wish that I had done a better job of my network and maintaining my network while touring, like finding other moms earlier. Mm -hmm. I know that they must be out there. <laughs> just yeah. And like I, I had wanted to do a blog back in the day. I just couldn't manage it with everything I was doing. But I think that if I could go back in time, I would say nourish your networks more and also take more pictures. <laughs> and because it goes by fast and and also like hey you're gonna be fine you're gonna do all the things like mm. it might seem hard but you it might take longer than you thought to make an album like it does take me I used to crank out after weeks I was expected to make an album every year and a half before the kid and when after the kid I was you know things just take longer like whatever you think your timeline is you have to be flexible yep. because it just takes longer. It does. It does. It's like time just runs so fast. It goes by mm -hmm. so fast. And you're like, at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even get to do anything. Because <laughs> we're like, you know, making sure that our kids are surviving and, and yeah. they're fed. And there's that, you know. Yeah. It's it's also important. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I think it's very helpful to know and whether if mommies out there who are listening if you're a musician or in the fine arts or even if you're nowhere close to to this profession I think it's very applicable again as as working mommies or as mommies who have a very busy schedule I think we we shouldn't forget in utilizing our network taking pictures and and just not regretting the past or thinking that we lost time because essentially you did, you have done so much. I mean, when you look back, I'm sure that you're like, how did I do it? Yeah, you know, and, and in your blog, you, you shared that you were with a five week old baby on tour. Yep. And now <laughs> so... I look back, I'm like, were you crazy girl? No, but, <laughs> but you know, babies are portable in a way yeah. that babyhood is the easiest time to tour because they don't care where they are they just want to be with you yeah. so you know pack up a you know when I had one of those Graco pack and plays mm -hmm. and that was his bed everywhere we went and you know we just we just did it we just went for it yeah so but there are there are some like practical adjustments that you have to make when you're touring with a baby or a kid and you know it's just logistics so you have to try to make the drive time shorter if possible understand that you're going to need to take more breaks for 
breastfeeding or diaper changing, you know, understand that not every venue is going to be excited to have you walk in with a baby or to have a baby. Some, some places they don't, their insurance doesn't allow for there to be an underage individual in their space. And so then, you know, like we sort of just played it by ear, but I, you know, I had a rock nanny that traveled with us when, when I was the front person. And sometimes she needed to just be in the hotel. Sometimes she could be backstage, but sometimes she had to stay. We had to drop her off at the hotel because the venue couldn't allow us to have the kid in the backstage. But most of the time, like 90% of the time, it was not a big deal. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like, did you feel like kind of, I guess, like discriminated or othered when that kind of situation happened? Like, did you take it personal or did, were you? I didn't really take it personal, you mm-hmm. know, because like people's businesses are their businesses and sure. we have to be respectful of each other too. You know, I'm not trying to get them in trouble either. So we just, we just rolled with it, whatever situation. I mean, sometimes it would even mean like just hang out in the van in the parking lot for, you know, an hour or go to the pizza shop down the street while we play, you know, it's Uh, fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It can't be too uptight. Yeah, that's true. That's good that you were like open to it. Like you, you know how there's this like mental load, like, or the, the invisible load of motherhood, Mm -hmm. how like, certain triggers can kind of escalate behaviors or just like how you may react to things. And it seemed like you were very understanding of the situation. Like you knew that you brought your child with you and regardless of whatever outcome there may be, like you found kind of like a way to figure it out. Like you were very creative, which is good. Cause if it were me, I'm like, I'd be arguing with that bouncer or whatever. You know, Maybe that's I, just who I am. <laughs> I, there, I mean, there have definitely been times that I've had to argue with bouncers, but it, not about the baby. Yeah. When I was oh, pregnant, God. there was a bouncer that wouldn't let me into the show, and I was in the the, I was like eight months pregnant, and I was yeah. playing drums for Pistolera, and we had a gig, and I, was, I was really pregnant. I mean, I was, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't fly anymore. I could only do local oh, shows, yeah. and. Yeah, I was at least eight and a half months pregnant. So I was big. And I show up at this very Latino, macho, velvet rope kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the van, in the air conditioning, because it was summertime. I was hot and pregnant. I didn't want to be in the venue. So finally, the the what do you call it? The promoter comes out to, to get me in the in the band. We're all together walk in I'm last in line and the bouncer's like whoa 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 mommy I can't let you in here I'm like what are you talking about I have to play right. you saw me sound check yeah but you know I thought you were I didn't know it was for real <laughs> what? and he was like all like worried that I was gonna get injured or mm-hmm. or something I don't know what his you know he was young but very big bouncer <laughs> And I don't know what his was going through his mind that some it was dangerous for me to be in a crowded venue. I don't know. But anyway, it was awkward. And the band was arguing and the, they had to go in and get the promoter and tell the bouncer like and the bouncer was like, well, if anything happens, we're not liable. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? I'm playing the right. drums right so we play fine fine so it worked out but those kinds of things Hmm. were more often most people when you walk into a bar with a baby they're just so unaccustomed that they're I don't know it's you have the shock factor (laughs) it was fine no yeah that's great Even in that, like just bringing a baby with you, it's just awesome. And I think I recently read about like, like Mandy Moore just recently, well, not too recent, but 
she brought her family over and she was very like vocal about it and so i feel like nowadays like women mommies are more you know just like vocalizing and maybe because of social media too like mm -hmm. you know they bring us in their world sometimes but it's just great how yeah like again like how you were a musician prior to becoming a mommy now that you are like you still continue on you know with your with your job and your passion and mm -hmm. your talent which is great yeah and so you found a way and yeah oh, that's awesome that's so empowering i mean it it's not to say that i i didn't make adjustments i made adjustments oh, like yeah. i used to go on five or six week tours all the time back to back come home for two weeks leave again and after having a kid like I it just my time became more valuable yeah. and so I started doing a lot more fly in for for a long weekend and then fly mm -hmm. back home and part of it is like I just had other places I wanted to be more so like it had to be really worth it like the the scale changed and even though yeah like i'm sure that it it was an adjustment just like anything right mm -hmm. we need to set certain priorities like we especially when the little ones are very little it's like okay well they have mm -hmm. a specific schedule they have a specific routine and and yeah we all need to adapt so it's very mm -hmm. i think it's applicable right and all across the board but when you're traveling like it's Again, I think you were very creative, which is good. I'm just trying to find ways to best think about your baby, right? And prioritize on him for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the other thing is like there's it's it's like a set of phases, right? Like mm -hmm. babyhood and toddlerhood and then grammar school and middle school. Now I'm in doing the high school in each phase of childhood needs different things but like as far as maintaining my career I did think like okay well yes we're going to spend more on daycare but this is what's going to allow me to continue my career so it's an investment and it's a limited time investment that will allow me to keep producing work you know I, I need that kind of assistance so that I can do all the things I'm trying to do but that's like a if you if you like it's important to zoom out regularly and be like mm. okay remember that this is not forever this yeah. diapers is diapers feels like forever when you're in it but it's not forever <laughs> you know right. daycare feels like forever like I don't need a babysitter anymore wow now the kid babysits the dog <laughs> <laughs> so you know it yeah. it's just it's easy to get overwhelmed, but mm -hmm. if you look at the, that at each moment, it's just like what it is. It's just like a moment. Yes. yes. And how are you going to get from this moment to the next one? Yes. Yeah. Like my sister tells me, it's like a season. There's different seasons. Mm -hmm. That's right. For a mommy to be or a new mommy, like who is in the fine arts, what are some words of advice that you can give them? before they have to contemplate between their passion and their new baby? It's not a contest. It's not either or, it's both. And you can be your full self and, and be a mother too. So I think that there's a segment of society that thinks like that when you have a kid you have to abandon yourself but I really don't think that's necessary or even wise because it's not a good example to the kid to to show that as the the standard so we're here to have this human experience and to have a good time and to love each other and so don't don't abandon yourself yeah I love that really do <laughs> i think i'm learning so much from you because i actually left my profession in higher education like college counseling i'm doing it part-time so a little bit of old me is there but 
<laughs> yeah, like I, I miss the work. I miss it. I am a new mommy and it's like, how do I know that my kid will resent me later on <laughs> if I end up returning back or, you know, and I'm also just scared, right? Like about like balancing everything. And I'm such an overthinker. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really appreciate what you said. Like, we just cannot lose who we were also. And eventually, yeah, like finding our village, our network, leaning in with to our partners. I think that there's just a lot of meaning in making sure that we're not doing this all on our own. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I always go back with the concept of being a super mama. Right. Like we are, are not the superheroes. We shouldn't solve it all. We shouldn't do it all because at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're going to lose ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of the framing around the those themes that you're discussing it implies that any time that you are not a hundred percent focused on your kid you're like taking that time away from the kid and that's not true mm. because like my kid has had so many beautiful experiences because of my profession and because mm. of our our lifestyle and like when he was little, he thought he was in the bands. Like we would sound check with him and give him a floor tom, you know, and he would yeah. he would sound check on the floor tom. And, you know, and he has like this really cool community of artists and musicians, family. And that's not that's do you see what I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't have to be that you're you're taking away from them. And it's not even realistic. Like if you are a hundred percent only ever thinking about your kid all the time, it's going to be suffocating for them anyway. Mm -hmm. Like if they have to figure out how to be people, that's not going to, that's not going to last forever. That's not normal to expect people to only care about your needs all the time, all the time, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. there has to be a balance there. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. This is great. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> it validates so much. Just like, yeah, how many mommies may feel or may believe. And so, yeah, I think if you did it, anyone else can do it. Totally. I say, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the the one last thing I'll say, when I was coming up with, with Nico, the, the few examples I did know, had a lot of family support and were in a different financial situation than I was mm -hmm. so like I knew of a few family or a few bands that were traveling with their kids but they were they had an economic stability that made everything easier and mm -hmm. so I just want to say we did it without that mm -hmm. and it is possible you know to find safe and affordable childcare to you know find an apartment in a neighborhood that's like family and allows for you to be able to afford your rent without having to work a crazy amount of hours like right. all those things like are the components that build your life in a way that allow you to continue to do your creative um passions mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 The sky is the limit, I feel like. <laughs> you know, you can make it up. It's your life. You, yes, exactly. How has music inspired you in your motherhood journey? Hmm. I mean, obviously I've I've written a few songs for the kid. <laughs> but I think it was kind of the other way around that becoming a mother influenced my music. Mm -hmm. And I became, I was stubborn before, but I was raised to be very polite. And when I became a mom, I shed a lot of that upbringing, like on a deeper level, because now I don't care who I offend. Like mm. if I, if it's going to be about safety and comfort of my kid, I'll offend you. I don't care. And so that was like a switch that sort of happened when I became a mom and sort of extended itself into other aspects of my life and made me more vocal 
more of a lion or lioness, <laughs> I guess, where I used to be more shy. Mm. And so that came out in my music too. I think it's powerful what you have been doing and your music is just wonderful. So like, I'm going to share <laughs> your information out in the show notes. But yeah, I think that it just speaks truth to your identity and, and it's great. I love it. Yeah. Thanks. Alrighty. So now we're going to shift over to the Viva La Mami questions that I ask my guests here in the podcast. What still surprises you about being a mommy? What surprises me is that my son is taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I should have known that based on his dad, but it's just sort of shocking to watch him grow up into the person he is. And yeah. I mean, I still... I tell people like it's the most psychedelic thing that's ever happened to me. It's like <laughs> raising this human. So it's constantly a surprise. Yes. And he's 16, you said? Mm -hmm. Yes. So he's yes. like finishing off his high school career. I yeah. know. Yeah. So how has that been? Like just like with this particular milestone now? Every milestone has been different. But like one of the things that I thought would I thought that teenagers would be more independent and without being like giving away anything of his personal business because respect you know but I feel like now that I'm in the teenage years it's kind of like a repeat of the toddler years oh. but like on a different level like they <laughs> really need you actually they really because there's there's these really big feelings and everything is super high stakes and there's like no like to be able to offer the perspective of a you know adult scale of life when you have a kid who's having you know all you know how it is to be a teenager and your friends are the world and everything is like feels like it's going to be the end of the world if it does or doesn't happen you know so just like when your your toddler is having a meltdown over they didn't want their peas and their corn to touch on the plate or something I don't know mm -hmm. I, you, you just have to like calmly help them through those emotions so that, that's yeah. been a big learning in the high school years I think it's good that you can like analyze that right because for and especially like I would say like you know, older generations or as in Latino households, like they would say, ah, está loco or, oh, you know, he's going through yeah. a phase. It's okay. Like, and, and that can often lead to just like, you know, for his feelings to just get stuck in him and then he won't be able to like articulate it or let it out. So that's great that you're aware of it and that you're willing to, you know, just like guide him and, and be present with him, even though he's a young adult, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm definitely taking a different approach in raising mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. than some of the cultural examples. That, mm -hmm. So, you know, therapy. Yes. <laughs> I, yep. I'm, I'm, I learned a lot of this by going to therapy. I'm not going to lie. Like, including the understanding that when a, a teenager is acting out, what they're really saying is, these feelings are too big for me. I trust you can you please hold them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's great, Mama. You're doing so great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Second question. What is one tip of advice you have for Latina mommies? Live your life. Mm -hmm. Do what you want to do. Life is too short. It goes really quickly. And when you're a parent, it goes even faster. Every year it goes faster. So make time for you. Do what you are are meant to do. And don't worry about whoever, las tías or whatever. Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Final question. What is your meaning of madrehood? My meaning of madrehood is to be a guide and teacher to my kid mm. so it sounds a little bit goth and I was like a goth kid actually <laughs> but I've I've always had this feeling like my whole job is to prepare my kid to live without me that's my whole job 
Hmm. So I have to teach him as much as I can about life while I'm here. And I'm and infuse him with the like super deep knowledge that he's loved and cherished. And um so and like build that connection so that when I'm an ancestor, he can still have all of that in his brain. Hmm. That's like intentionality there. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your story here with us. And where can people follow you, Ani? They can find everything at anicordero.net. And then I also have specifically for the Mamas in the Band blog is mamasintheband.com. Yeah. Yes. And, the you know, there's links to my social in that, okay. those places. Great. I'll make sure to add these links to the show notes. And yeah, because I think that, again, your music is phenomenal. And if I ever have the privilege of going on a concert, like your concert or, you know, to see you on tour, it would be great just because you have so much talent and your music just speaks so much truth, at least to me, like your lyrics are just like spot on. <laughs> so thank, thank you so much. Yeah, I have yeah. a new album coming out in the spring, so I hope to be touring to Chicago soon. Yes, of course. I'll be there. Maybe VIP. <laughs> totally. Passes. 100%. I've never had that experience before. We'll hook you up. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sounds okay. good. Yeah, well, Ani, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. There's, again, there's just so much that many people and mommies can get out of our conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit vivalamami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.